Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This life science-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing Pfizer, say a fourth COVID-19 dose is necessary, and Jazz Pharma announces a 100 million green manufacturing plant for cannabis-based medicines. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X-Talks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at xtalks.com. And this week, I'm joined by Sydney Perlmutter and Vera Kovacevic. Thank you all for coming today. I'm going to start us off with a story about a recall, um, a voluntary recall by Pfizer over its blood pressure drug Acuretic, as well as two generics of it. And these medications were recalled by Pfizer last week over concerns of carcinogen impurities. So Pfizer has issued voluntary recalls for several lots of its blood pressure medication Acuretic and, as I mentioned, two generic versions of it because there are concerns that there might be higher than acceptable levels of a nitrosamine called N-nitrosoquinopril, which is associated with an increased risk of cancer. The affected medications include six lots of acuretic tablets, as well as batches of two authorized generics of the drug distributed by Greenstone, which includes one lot of quinipril and hydrochlorothiazide tablets and four lots of quinipril, uh, hydrochloride, hydrochlorothiazide tablets. Now, the Acuretic tablets have an expiration date of August 2024, and they were distributed across the U.S. and Puerto Rico between November 2019 and March 2022. So nitrosamines are actually commonly found around us. So they're found in things like drinking water, air, as well as foods such as dairy products, vegetables, and cured and grilled meats. Now, in a press release, Pfizer emphasized that it is focused on patient safety and product quality at every step in the manufacturing and supply chain process. Uh, Earlier this month, Pfizer Canada had recalled eight lots of the same drug, Acuretic, due to the same concerns of higher than acceptable levels of nitrosamine impurities. Now, above acceptable daily intake or ADI levels of nitrosamines have been an issue um, in the pharma world for the past couple of years. So last year, a couple of certain family blood pressure drugs, including Lizartan, were recalled over azido impurities. And so much so that the um, FDA has actually recognized this increasing problem of nitrosamine contamination in human drugs. And to address this, the FDA issued a guidance document for drug makers in 2020, which includes um, the number of different ways that nitrosamines can appear in drug products. So this includes conditions that involve the presence of 
secondary, tertiary, or quaternary amines for the chemists out there, and nitrite salts under acidic reaction conditions. So upon their reaction, this can lead to the formation of nitrosamines. Now these amines can be present um, also in the starting materials or intermediates as well, or the active pharmaceutical ingredient or the API itself. So really you can have contamination with nitrosamines or you can have their production really at any stage of manufacturing. Um, contamination of starting and raw materials sourced from vendors can also introduce nitrosamine impurities. In addition to blood pressure medications being plagued by these impurities, uh, diabetes medications like metformin have also been subject to recalls in the last couple of years over contamination with a nitrosamine called uh, NDMA or N-nitrosodimethylamine. Now, Pfizer has advised wholesalers and distributors to stop distribution of the affected products and to quarantine them, and to also notify accounts who received the medications. So we have discussed and we have actually, you know, seen stories in the last uh, few months and over the past year about, you know, blood pressure medication recalls, as well as, like I mentioned, uh, recalls of other medications like um, metformin, diabetes uh, medications. So just wanted to get your thoughts about this ongoing problem. And are you surprised any longer or does this kind of desensitize you because it kind of seems like every other day there's some kind of a recall do you think that this might make people maybe less concerned over over uh, these kinds of recalls i think when a consumer hears about a recall i think that they get very alarmed and they're scared that this is maybe something that could even be fatal to them, right? Because the regular person um, doesn't know, you know, the various levels of risk there could be. And and in this case, it's, it's not a high risk. So it, it would be a higher risk if a patient suddenly stops taking their medication. So I think that's why all patients were encouraged to talk to their doctor about this first and not just suddenly stop taking their medication. Absolutely. And that was the case, you know, whenever there was a recall, um, the companies are very clear that, you know, these impurities, again, um, they're they're not significantly over the, the set thresholds, but they're concerning enough that they prompt a recall. But, um, you know, this is not, the companies are very clear that p patients shouldn't be stopping their medications because, you know, that could be an even greater risk. So definitely the first course of action is to contact your doctor or pharmacist to learn more about the recall and to see if they can um, replace your medication with an alternate. Um, but yeah, I just think that because these, you know, recalls, I think VR, you're right. The first reaction for sure is, you know, concern, like, oh my God, like, especially when you hear the word carcinogen, right? Um, anything that can cause cancer and that I think that's always a huge, huge concern for people and any side effect really. So I think that definitely is like kind of the first reaction people have, but I don't know, like 
because I've been impacted by this, like, because my mother takes Lizartan, which is a blood pressure medication. And in the beginning, you know, when I first heard about, like, a recall affecting a lot she was, she had, I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like, you know, I rushed out to the pharmacy, spoke to the doctor. But then, you know, these recalls have just become so common now. Like, and now I just see one again. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I just got to switch. And it's like, oh, I'm almost desensitized to them now from a personal experience my personal kind of perspective (laughs) and also i mean of course reputation is such a big factor in in pharma but because of the sheer amount of recalls that we hear about it feels like you know is their reputation really even damaged or is it just you know a passing it'll it'll pass they'll get back to their normal Mm -hmm. operations i feel like they're not because there are so many recalls like who is really holding them accountable when stuff like this happens yeah yeah, and there's no real tangible like explanation kind of like what steps are they taking to let's say reduce these impurities or to ensure that uh, they don't keep cropping up. We don't hear any details about that. And I'm sure they're working out those details, but it'd be nice for them to share a bit more about that with the public to, to again, to maintain that trust or to gain that trust, like you're saying, Sydney. I think that's really important. But you know, you're right. Like some of these companies, I mean, we're talking about Pfizer here. They're, they're so huge. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, because we're so big, we have, we have so much experience. We're in the drug business and we're making all of these things like, just leave it to us. We'll, we'll handle it. We're good. And they do kind of, you know, walk away unscathed by, by this in many cases. Um, and there is no one really to hold them accountable except, you know, uh, the FDA, um, but I, I really think there should be a bit more transparency in terms of like what steps are being taken to to address the issue. I think they have the best lawyers in the world, and that's why. <laughs> yep. Also, was it and insurance? A, yeah, was it a voluntary recall? It was. Yeah, okay. it was a voluntary so. recall. And I think when you hear voluntary recall, that kind of also softens things because it's like, okay, the company is actually, you know, they went out of their way to actually do the recall themselves. It's not like, you know, some regulatory authority came in and it was like, okay, you know, you got to stop, you know, distributing your stuff. And it was like a a raid or something like that, you know, (laughs) or a crackdown. So, yeah, that also, I think, like I said, softens things a bit. But yeah, I'm sure their synthetic chemists will um, look at the impurities that arise from mm-hmm. synthesizing these organic compounds. And I'm sure they'll be more aware of the, these potential impurities in the future, not just Pfizer, but other companies that also synthesize similar organic compounds. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we talked about this on a previous episode um you know is it the fact that we just have better detection systems that are better able to detect these impurities now or are the thresholds more strict so it's i think it's a combination of different factors why we're seeing uh so many recalls or so over these impurities okay so moving on to our next story 
I'm going to talk about Jazz Pharmaceuticals and its new $100 million manufacturing plant that it's broken ground on. So this new facility will specifically be for the production of cannabis-based medications. And the facility is being constructed in Kent Science Park in Sittingburn, which is an industrial town in Kent, England. According to Jazz Pharma, the facility has a planned opening date in 2024, and it will be welcoming 100 new employees. The manufacturing facility will be 60,000 square foot, and as I mentioned, it was specially designed to support the production of cannabis-based medicines, namely the company's two regulatory-approved cannabis medications, um, including a Pedialex, and also it will offer capacity for future drugs, um, for the production of future drugs that are currently under development by the company as well. Now, the new facility will expand Jazz Pharma's operations in Kent Science Park, where it currently operates 12 buildings with over 400 employees. So Jazz Pharma acquired uh, cannabis-based medicine developer GW Pharmaceuticals in 2021 in a $7.2 billion deal. And with that, it gained access to GW's substantial investments in Kent Science Park um, in the UK, along with GW's first approved cannabis-based drug, uh, Sativex. So this drug is administered as an oral spray, and it was first approved in the UK in 2010 for the treatment of neuropathic pain, overactive bladder, as well as other symptoms of multiple sclerosis. Jazz said that this location, Kent Science Park, forms the heart of their global cannabinoid manufacturing operations. So Jazz Pharmaceuticals first uh, FDA approved, and actually this was the first ever FDA, FDA cannabis-based approved drug, um, was a Pedialex, and it became the first approved cannabis-based medication in 2018. It is a uh, CBD or cannabidiol-based formulation, and it's indicated for the treatment of rare epileptic syndromes that begin in early childhood, and these include Dravet syndrome as well as Lennox-Gastaut syndrome. Uh, last year, the FDA expanded the approval to include it as a treatment for tuberous sclerosis complex, which is another rare disease. Uh, GW Pharma received approval from the European Commission in 2019 to market a Pedialex in 28 countries across Europe. Now, Jazz is, as they say, kind of going green in more ways than one uh, with this new facility that it's building. So the company says that the manufacturing plant has been designed with careful consideration to the environment at all stages of development. And this includes right from the building phase through to operational use. This commitment to environmental sustainability will include minimizing the use of single-use plastics, installing animal refuge boxes to promote wildlife in the local area, and also the installation of more than 1,100 solar panels to generate a portion of the building's energy usage. 
So the executive vice president and chief operating officer and managing director for Europe and international at Jazz, Chris Toby, said in a press release that the facility will not only significantly increase our ability to support the growing demand for our medicines, but also help us maintain our position as a world leader in cannabinoid science. So as I mentioned previously, uh, Jazz acquired the specialization, uh, specialty services sort of of GW by acquiring the company to beef up its neuroscience program and also add a cannabis pipeline. Now, Jazz focuses on developing therapeutics in the neuroscience and oncology spaces. So Jazz Pharma had a record year in 2021 as it brought in over $3 billion in revenue for the very first time in company history. And of this, the net product sales of a Pedialex were $463.6 million in 2021, or $650.3 million on a pro forma basis, with a year-over-year revenue growth of 29%. And this underscores blockbuster potential, according to Jazz, um, in a press release that it released earlier this month. And Epidiolex got off to a very strong start since it was first approved in the U.S. and Europe in 2018 and 2019, respectively, with sales having increased by 70% in 2020. So it really goes to show that this drug um, is in high demand and that it does appear to be effective for treating um, seizures associated with rare epileptic syndromes. So that's, um, and especially in children. So I think it's a, a very... Uh, positive that that there is this drug um, for the treatment of you know these very rare uh, conditions so I just wanted to get your thoughts about this and especially you know kind of uh, what you think about this manufacturing facility being green um, not just in you know terms of cannabis here but um, in terms of its environmental uh, sustainability component well, I can speak a little bit on, uh, you know, the sustainability uh, element of this. Um, prior to joining X Talks, I wrote about the cannabis industry in Canada. And one of the main things that would always come up was actually the packaging uh, for cannabis products, both medicinal and recreational. And um, they were heavily criticized because... Um, there was a lot of plastic packaging um, and just too much packaging for too little product. Recycling was also difficult as well with the packaging. But it's really good to hear about, um, you know, them taking sustainability uh, and, and incorporating it more into their production facility. And I'd be really curious to see how uh, these types of medications are packaged as well. Yeah, there could be some green packaging as well, like, you know. Um, yeah, what I really thought was a good deal about this is that they really got into the UK market uh, very quickly because in the UK, medicinal cannabis was just legalized in November of 2018. And this happened then because there was several highly... Um, like well-known, well-reported cases of children who have epilepsy and they were experiencing a reduction in their symptoms through the use of cannabis oil. 
Um, so, you know, it was approved end of near end of 2018. And now, you know, um, not even slightly more than three years after that, they're building a manufacturing facility, right? Yep. So that, yeah, that's really, I didn't know that, um, uh, sorry, in 2018, that cannabis was actually legalized in across Europe. Do you know what countries or I think in the um, UK and I think oh, just in the UK, in the UK, just the yeah. UK. Yeah. So Jazz Pharma and GW, they've had a presence in the UK for, I think, close to two decades now. And GW Pharmaceuticals, um, especially, as I mentioned, it, it's known for um really developing these uh, cannabis-based medications. And its first ever was um, Sativex. So I think, you know, Jazz was very smart in terms of teaming up with GW and acquiring it right. Sort of, I think the timeline of all of these events really speaks to sort of how um, they planned it right. So with the legalization of cannabis in 2018, you got the approval for a PDLX around the same shortly after that as well. And then Jazz acquired uh, GW, I think it was last year in that $7.2 billion deal. So it's really great to see that, you know, these companies or Jazz is really committed to um, number one, uh, developing medications for rare epileptic seizures that affect children and the route that it's gone with uh, CBD and, and cannabis-based uh, medications. Um, so it's it's really committed to it. And uh, to see that it's taking the next step with this new manufacturing facility, I think it's a step in the right direction. And it's it's really great. And it provides hope to a lot of families, you know, with, with kids suffering from this. So um, <clears throat> that's the other thing around cannabis, of course. Um, a lot of people, you know, swear by it in terms of its medicinal uh, benefits. But um, in the literature, the research sometimes is is a little bit conflicting or not so clear. But I'm, you know, to see companies like GW and Jazz really, you know, tackling the science, the cannabinoid science, I think it's excellent to see so that we're not just inundated with like anecdotal you know things and just like wishy-washy research that we're not sure about that we read about online so i'm really happy to see that we have companies dedicated to cannabinoid research and science and with that that's the end of this episode of the x talks life science podcast if you liked today's show don't forget to rate review and subscribe Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com, or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.